0: Welcome to Investing Compass. Before we begin, a quick note that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature. It's not taking into consideration your personal objectives, financial situations, or needs. So today we're going to do a shortcut episode that explores the difference between risk tolerance and risk capacity. But first, Shani, we got an email today.
1: We did. Which is From- a very... Yeah, from Corrine.
0: Yeah, it was a very nice email. It was very nice. But she wanted to know how dinner went. Yeah. Now, it's hard for me to assess something that I made most of. So (laughs) how about you?
1: I mean, it's pretty hard for me to assess after I drank that magnum of champagne.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Did you remember anything about the food? Or was, anything about the evening?
1: It was delicious. It was really good. We had cheese first, and that was delicious. Um, and yeah, Mark made dinner. I helped out a little bit. I was a good sous chef.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. you were you were really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. And it you was
0: chopped good. stuff up. You helped to dish things up.
1: I did. Yeah, it was delicious.
0: Okay, well, that's that's nice. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Um, and you drank more than just the magnum of champagne, though, right?
1: Mm, yeah. Would you not be disappointed in me if I stopped right there?
0: I, I would be very disappointed in you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Shani, risk tolerance and risk capacity.
1: Yeah, we think there's a pretty significant difference between the two concepts and the two outcomes that they offer for investors. Um, so, when I left uni, my first job was at a financial planning firm, and at no fault of their own, they had a few regulatory hoops to jump through that ensured that they were doing their due diligence and understanding their clients. And one of these hoops is a risk tolerance questionnaire
0: so this this financial planning firm, you constantly tell me that all of your other jobs are better than this one, so I assume this one is included as well, or just sort of the jobs you did in like uni.
1: I just like to keep you on your toes, mark okay I like I like this job, okay, yeah,
0: keep me on my toes, also <laughs> depress me and make me try to make this a better environment for you all the time yeah same a, same type of thing,
1: yeah, it's it's a constant challenge,
0: okay. Well, let's get back to your financial planning firm. So you had to have people fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a risk tolerance questionnaire, maybe I'll try to explain it and then you can tell me all the ways I'm wrong. Okay. So risk tolerance (laughs) questionnaire is pretty common practice at financial advice firms as well as anything like robo advice Mm -hmm. and a lot of self-help tools. So you can just find them on the internet as well. And so what they're basically doing is what the name implies. So it's a short questionnaire, usually between eight to 10 questions, and it measures how much risk you can tolerate or the degree of volatility you can withstand when it comes to investing.
1: Yeah. And based on your answers, you will be assigned an asset allocation.
0: Okay. So one thing. So we're talking about risk here in terms of volatility. So I think you've explained this all the time. That's just how much stuff bounces around. Mm -hmm. And by stuff, I mean your portfolio. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So then we have risk capacity. And risk capacity, unlike risk tolerance, is the amount of risk that investor must take on in order to reach their financial goals. And so this is a pretty key difference. Risk tolerance does not take into account what you actually need to get to your goals and only considers your reaction if markets fall. So ultimately, if you're only taking risk tolerance into account, whether you reach your goals or not is left entirely up to chance.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And at Morningstar, we're proponents of goals-based investing. I know that Mark and I both use risk capacity instead of risk tolerance because we believe that investments do inherently carry risk that does need to be managed, but ultimately they are vehicles that are there to assist us get to our goals. And that might mean taking on more risk than we might feel comfortable with, but ultimately in our eyes – We think that the risk of not achieving your goals outweighs the risk of volatility. So let's go through an example of a question that we found on a real risk tolerance questionnaire that's distributed by a large financial services firm.
0: All right. So the question is, assume you had an initial investment portfolio worth $100,000. If because of market conditions, your portfolio fell to $85,000 within a month, would you? A- sell all of the investments, B, sell a portion of your portfolio to cut your losses and reinvest into more secure investments, C, hold the investment and sell nothing, expecting performance to improve, or D, invest more funds to lower your average investment price.
1: That was like very Eddie McGuire of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, very. who wants to be a millionaire? Well, I Can try- I phone a friend?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be me? I thought I was your only friend. Yeah,
1: you are. Uh, but And your mom. Yes. Yeah.
0: She just sent me a message, which I'll tell you about later.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So there are a few problems with this question. The first is that this situation is completely hypothetical and is asking what you would do. The truth is none of us truly know how we would react in situations where we're maybe anxious, a little nervous, and stressed. How we answer and how we actually respond might be completely different. So when I look at this question, the logical answer for me is D. I would invest more funds to lower my average investment price. I have a long time horizon. I have a stable salary, I think. Um, So I'm not reliant on investment income. I have a while to let this play out. So when I look back at the market drops, though, I definitely have done this. Um, But sometimes I've also just held the investment and sold nothing. So that's option C, expecting performance to improve. Humans are pretty complex by nature, they can make illogical decisions, and this questionnaire doesn't allow for irrational decisions, as when someone is filling this out, they're probably in a logical state of mind and just choosing the most sensible option.
0: Yeah, and another problem with this is how you react to this loss has nothing to do with your investment goals. If volatility makes you nervous and you feel like you would sell all your investments, that realistically does not change the rate of return that you need to achieve your goals. If you were to be assigned a portfolio allocation based on your answer to this question, you may take on too little risk or too much risk as it completely ignores your time horizon or required rate of return. In other words, risk tolerance is blind to your actual investment goals.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, Mark. So risk tolerance, great for compliance, but probably not so great for the actual investor.
0: Morningstar Premium is designed to help you reach your investing goals. Our coverage spans over 50,000 securities and 2,000 funds and ETFs. Sign up to a four-week free trial through the link in the episode notes to access our global equity best ideas for our top picks across borders. Find shares with sustainable, above-average dividend payouts and the best opportunities at home with five-star Aussie stocks. A Morningstar Premium subscription includes a Shareside investor plan, allowing you to track all of your investment holdings in one place. And take advantage of ShareSite's investment performance and tax reporting that has been built specifically for the needs of self-directed investors. If you love premium after your four-week trial and choose to subscribe, your subscription may be tax-deductible if you derive income from the share market. Sign up for a free trial today.
1: I actually completed this whole RTQ, so the risk tolerance questionnaire, and some of the questions were quite baffling. Um, So I'm married with no children, and apparently that means I can take on less risk than if I'm single with no children. Anyway, um, it also told me that I should take a conservative allocation because I have never borrowed money to invest before, which is pretty baffling, I think. That aside, I came in the balance category.
0: Balance? So This must have been something new for you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So what are you supposed to do now that now that you've been declared balanced by the risk tolerance questionnaire? Mm-hmm. What is what does that exactly mean?
1: Yeah. So balance takes me to take on fifty percent growth assets and fifty percent income assets and has a minimum time horizon of five years.
0: Yeah, and and this obviously is not how you're invested now mm-hmm. because we've spoken about this before on previous episodes and you're I think as you should be, pretty heavily weighted towards growth assets. Yeah,
1: exactly. And So I have almost 40 years until I retire. I don't need half of my portfolio in defensive assets. My portfolio may go up and down, but ultimately that doesn't really matter if I'm not accessing the money. And I'm able to be pretty confident that I don't need to access the money because I've got an emergency fund that I've built up. So I've defined my goals and my rate of return that I need to live the retirement that I want. And it's higher than what I expect that balanced portfolio to offer me. So yeah, my Just stick to a bit more of an aggressive allocation than that. And an RTQ might not be the best way to go about achieving your goals.
0: You know how there's that saying it's the journey and not the destination?
1: This is the destination. Yeah, and investing it's
0: it's the destination (laughs) and not the journey, right? So things bounce around a little bit as long as you get there.
1: That's really deep, Mark. You think so? Yeah.
0: I just thought of that. Okay. Very deep, very deep. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Getting personal now, Shani. Um, and that's what allows us and you, in this case, to invest without the risk of pulling out money due to unforeseen circumstances. I like
1: how my emergency fund is really personal, but you can tell everyone I have Harry Potter slippers and a robe. And
0: <laughs> you know, first of all, I did not know. I watched you.
1: train videos.
0: I didn't know when you had. I did not know you had the robe. Number one. Okay. You told me about that on here. And yeah, the train videos and everything else is endearing.
1: Well, that's very nice.
0: Yeah. It's all the stuff that I like about you that I talk about. So that means there's a lot of other people out there that really like you now, (laughs) right?
1: Tell me what an emergency fund is, Mark.
0: Okay. So, an emergency fund is a buffer between you and your invested assets. And that allows you to take the risk you need to achieve your goals. If some unforeseen circumstance happens where you need urgent access to your funds, you're able to use this instead of pulling money out of the market at an inopportune time.
1: Yeah. And typical guidance for an emergency fund is three to six months' salary, but we prefer to use three to six months of expenses as a better guide. And so, because I have this, I can invest according to my risk capacity. take as much risk as I need. So what are the next steps if you want to look at your risk capacity?
0: Yeah, understanding your risk capacity is going through the portfolio construction process. So we did this in the episode, but first you must define your goals. And as you said, Shani, because you have to understand where you're trying to get to, that step's really, really important. Then you can calculate your required rate of return, which is Basically, the alternative to the output that you get from a risk tolerance questionnaire.
1: Yeah, and this figure is what will guide your asset allocation and mix of defensive and aggressive assets to get to your financial goals.
0: So we have asset allocation models on Morningstar Premium, and they can guide you through the split between different asset classes based on that required rate of return. And for the full process, as I mentioned before, you can listen to our portfolio construction episode, um, or there's actually a long form guide on Morningstar Premium that you can look at. So. You Yes, as good as the intentions were for the risk tolerance questionnaire to be a regulatory requirement. Ultimately, it's not really serving investor interests or helping reach your goals. A lot of good financial advisors have extended this questionnaire to understand more about your goals and view your answers in the context of your life, responsibilities, and future requirements. Viewing the answers to these questions in isolation from your situation will only result in having investments in your portfolio that do not align with the outcomes that you are looking to achieve. So this was a shortcut episode. So we finished, Shani. Mm-hmm. We're all done. Yeah, which is good because we just did a webinar before this.
1: You must be exhausted. Yeah,
0: I, I am. <laughs> but yeah, that reference to the message my mother sent me yeah. is—I made a joke about people donating money to charity to go out to lunch with me, mm-hmm. and they like j-
1: Warren Buffett.
0: Yeah, except for yeah. <laughs> we were talking about how somebody paid him six hundred seventy-five thousand, and the opening bid for me was a dollar twenty-six. <laughs> But my it's mo-
1: better than nothing.
0: It is, it is better than nothing. <laughs> but my mother messaged me, and she said she would spend a hundred dollars. Oh, pretty impressive, huh?
1: Your mom's your biggest fan
0: she's your biggest fan, actually. (laughs) All right. So that's today's episode. We would love questions or comments or suggestions for different episodes we can do. And maybe if you're lucky, we will talk about your email that you sent on the next podcast. And then we'd love any ratings or comments or ratings or comments in the podcast app. So if you can just put that in, we would appreciate it. So thank you very much.